All right, welcome back, Internet. We are going to be hitting up Cantor at Your Own Risk, Episode 38, Part B, where we top our top five cube-adjacent movies from the horror genre. We've already discussed those in Part A, so now we'll actually be getting into Cube itself and then talking over our random amount of inane bullshit that we talk about every month. So, uh, Kent, you want to kick us off here? Yeah. So... To go back to the previous episode for a moment, I just learned that in Stephen King's cameo of the reboot of The Shining, the ABC miniseries, he played the character named Gage Creed, which, as we all know, is the you know young boy from Pet Cemetery. That right? is super it random. Really is, and I'm so, so glad that you knew it. <laughs> No, I just I was like looking it up during during the break, and also I'm like, ah, that you gauge, ah, playing games. So all right, uh, that was that was my happy moment. Okay, it's all downhill from here. Um, so you know, Cube. Uh, a quick, I I need this shout out because uh, the binds the ties that bind us here. Uh, the first time I watched Cube. Uh, I watched over Eric's house, and he is the common thread amongst the three of us, I would say. Um, and it was a grand oh, yeah, time. Oh, for sure. Y- you know? And um, absolutely. I, I, up to that point, I'd never seen a movie quite like that. Uh, and I, I, you know, then it spawned a craptacular sequel, and then a much better prequel. Um, it... I, I don't know, like, what was so fascinating about, I don't know if it was the death traps, the ambiguity of the ending, the uh, the guy who played Kazan, you know, he, he likes the Blue Room people. Um, it, you know, I don't even know, like, Quentin, for example, I love Quentin the whole time through to the point where, I don't know, I'm still cheering on Quentin. I, I feel like he's doing the best job to survive, and I Definitely don't like. Um, hmm. Which one was it? Holloway or Leaving? The, the I don't know. She's kind of the naggy lady. Do you know the Dodger? Yeah. Oh, Holloway. I never liked her, so I, I guess I, I was really more uh, on, on Quentin's team. But Worth was okay, right? Um, and Renz, in the very beginning, really sets the stage for everything that's cool about this movie. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I, I always have liked math, so I liked, uh, you know, the inclusion of math into a sci-fi horror crazy-ass melange. Uh, and at the end, you're just kind of sitting there like, so now what? Uh, I don't what what's the what was the best part for you guys? Was it you know after the fact or during the movie? Because for me it was after the fact. I remember I don't remember where I watched it full the first time, but I remember the the very first time I caught any of this, my brother was watching it, and um, it was right at the beginning, and I had to go somewhere. Either I was going to work or going on a date or or going somewhere, and. I saw enough, you know, to watch the whole intro and then it got to the the credits 
And I was like, fuck, I want to see this movie. Yeah, so I ended up watching it when I came home because I think he had rented it from Video World or I forgot what the hell the the little one that was down on Captain uh, Video, yeah, Captain or Captain Video, you know, down in Johnson. I were one of those he had rented it from. And I watched it when I got home. Uh, I don't, you know, I think we take it for granted how much this is given to the horror genre because. I don't remember anything like this before it. It doesn't change the game. Yeah. It, like, do we have Saw without, or most of the Saw sequels without Cube? No. They're pretty directly correlated. Yeah. After I rewatched Cube, and yeah, I, I completely agree. It was, I mean, that's what it, it really had going for it, because it was, I was such a huge Quentin Tarantino fan, that like the dialogue wasn't like great, and I wasn't like super huge into sci-fi movies that didn't have like action. Obviously, from my list of five movies, so yeah, Cube Cube was good. Uh, it seemed like everyone liked it more than I did, though. Uh, I did like the ending. I enjoyed it so much more this time around because I do feel like I took a lot for granted back then. So, yeah, I, I got you. I mean, I think, shit, when did it come out? 97? Yeah. So I would have been, you know, 17 going on 18, depending upon what time of the year it came out. And You're old. Ah, oh, fuck you. Anyways, I really, I do think that at that age, I mean, you guys would have been younger. We were still developing taste. You know, we, it's almost like we'll watch anything at that point. And I think you, we can all probably determine, you know, when we when we saw something like, uh, I forgot which Tarantino movie you said, you know, changed you. But um, when when we saw something that, like, demarcates between, you know, our childhood and just watching movies to enjoy watching movies and our adulthood when not only did we watch movies, but we could begin to analyze them and break them down and... You know, look into, you know, okay, not only was this entertaining, but, you know, it had amazing writing. I mean, for me, I think that demarcation was probably the first time I saw Usual Suspects, and I realized just, you know, how much a good script and good performances could do to fucking make a movie. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I could definitely see where watching this as you're younger, and it's just, you know, oh, this is cool, something I've never seen before. But not being able to appreciate, you know, that fact until you go back and rewatch it as you're older. This was made on pretty low ass budget in Canada, right? Like it was not an expensive movie at all to make, but it looked—I don't want to say like it looked like a super expensive ass movie, but it looked better than the budget was, right? Yeah, I mean, I think again, this is probably one that like effects wise doesn't hold up as well because like looking at all the, the th things I'm looking at, like I don't think that they probably had a good transfer to work with to, to port it over to Blu-ray. No, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it definitely, it didn't look cheap when it came out. Yeah. I bet it would look dated now, but yeah, for sure. I learned that sucking on a button produces saliva and that is true. It really is one of the, 
most important things I took away from this movie. Um, it, it's weird to like, all right, so to go with cube and then, you know, after that was hyper, well, cube two hypercube, um, which came out, I don't even know when I'm looking it up early two thousands, 2002. That was right around the time that I started getting into IMDB. And I remember, you know, shortly after, like, Back when IMDb had the message boards, and you know you could actually discuss theories on stuff, and even though Cube Two kind of attempted to explain a little bit about the cube, it was really like this cool source of dialogue to discuss uh, the mysteries of Cube, if, as it were. You know? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, because e- even even now after all these years and even after seeing cube 0 which did answer some questions it also left you know asked even more questions um and kind of just gave us a little insight as to why Kazan was the way Kazan was for example um but it, it's kind of sad that this i don't know do did you either of you think that uh, another cube movie could still succeed, or is it played out at this point? I think I think there's a chance, but I mean, it really just kind of depends on who wants to to do it. Um, let's put it like this, Kent. Uh, and this is where we're showing our age, but there are people now who are born who have no idea what the fuck nine eleven is. And this came oh, out. This came yeah. out years before, so I. I do think that there's a possibility for like a reboot. Like at this point, it's been so long. I would say a sequel probably wouldn't make much sense. The the reboot makes way more sense now. But I could I could see a reboot working. You know, again, if you had people who actually cared enough to make it work instead of just making it to try to make money off of a name, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's an audience there to try to make money off of a cube name so it'd have to be you know like a passion project for somebody who had a good script and whatnot in order to make it work yeah i would would you try to get like a couple of not necessarily big name actors but you know character actors or would you kind of go for the all uh unknown cast again uh i mean if i was going to be the one to try to remake it i would probably either go one of two ways and try to get it made through like a 24 with a really well written script and then just go with no names. Or I would probably try to send it to Bloomhouse and have them use their money to try to at least pump the marketing budget up. In which case you'd probably want to get a couple, at least semi well-known people, whether it's within the production department, like a good director, you know, like a James Wan kind of thing or, you know, an actor or two to, to pull in some audience. All right. Quick question, way off topic, but you just said Bloomhouse. Is it Bloomhouse or is it Blumhouse? Because I believe his last name is pronounced Blum. But I've always heard it pronounced Bloomhouse. Do we know for sure? I, I don't know. I, don't, I will straight up say I don't know. Yeah. So, I usually just see it written. So, Blumhouse? Yeah, it's pronounced Bloomhouse most of the time, though, right? I, that, yeah, I think so. And then, 
one day I was watching, a, I'm pretty sure I was watching a documentary on something to do with horror, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, you know, I'm Jason Blum. And I was like, the fuck? Are you saying your name right, sir? So, yeah. I, I have questions about that, but... No, I, I would love to see A24 do something with this. That would be fascinating, but I... I also feel that A24, they haven't tackled any kind of remakes or reboots or anything, right? No, I don't think so. I do not think they have. I, I feel like they're going to try... I, they could get Alex I Garland. I think it's going to be a while. I think Alex Garland could do I, Cube. I would. That would be an interesting one. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Who does A24 movies? Right. So, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, really, this movie has made an impact. Yeah, I don't know, like, you think of, like, Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead. You think of, like, some of these lower-budget movies, and they get a lot of praise for helping establish, like, a either a genre, subgenre, or, like, a new idea. And I, I feel that Cube truly does get lost in in that conversation, quite frankly. And I don't know if it's because it's, I don't know, perhaps a little too sci-fi, a little too unknown, but really it is responsible for, or at least partially responsible for a lot of things that we now know and or now know and like or love or, you know, maybe have a stupid tattoo of, you know? So. I, I feel a lot of it was, A, the marketing yeah, you know, or lack thereof, and be the fact that it's a Canadian production. I, so, I remember I mean, yeah. that like Sci-Fi got their hands on it, and they try. You know, I mean, they did the best they could. This is beef back in the day when it wasn't Syfy; it was Scifi channel. You, you know, and I remember that they tried their best to promote it for you know what a shitty little channel it was at the time, but. It was just enough that, you know, if you happen to be watching sci-fi, you know, at, at that right time, you probably saw the commercial, and the commercial may have been enough to sell you on it. But, I mean, how many people really saw it? I think my dad. My dad saw it, because it, like, I read that it premiered on the sci-fi channel in the United States, or its television premiere was on the sci-fi channel. My My dad was really big into that, so I think he saw that and he like made it a point to like record it and watch it. And um, so, but my dad is like a long time Stephen King sci-fi fan. So it's very niche. I mean, I think this is definitely a cult classic. I mean, trying to, trying to think about it. Like, I don't think there's ever anybody I've talked to who's seen it, who didn't at least appreciate it. Yeah. I can't. I can't think of a single person who said, "Oh, you know what? Cube sucked." Um, but it's it's finding the people who saw it. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely one that I think VHS helped, you know, and and word of mouth. This probably, I mean, it, this probably would have been something akin to shit. I don't know, maybe like a Blair Witch or a uh, Paranormal Activity, where if the internet had been around and social media for enough word of mouth for it to spread. 
back when it came out, it would have exploded compared to what it did. But, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, I, I think of so many scenes and shit from, from other movies that wouldn't have like, I mean, shit, Resident Evil, the fucking hallway. Oh yeah. Scene. Like, do you think that would have happened without fucking cube? Yeah. And I, yeah, I think this would have been, you know, like bird box, you know, like remember how bird box was like huge for a month. I, I feel like, you know, under the right timing, like you say, with social media and stuff, this movie would have been bigger than something like Bird Box, for example. Oh, yeah. I'd agree with that. And you can see this for free on YouTube, because that's where I watched it for this. Nice. So, nice. about the budget, it cost $350,000 in Canada, and uh, it... It was the biggest failure in Canada of all things. It lasted a few days, but it was uh, it did win the 1997 Best Canadian First Feature at the Toronto International Film Festival, and it made all of its money and then some uh, in France. It was released to 220 theaters, and it was the second highest grossing movie in France that summer. Though it says it made ten million there, which I don't know if that's Frank's, and then we're dealing with a Canadian money production value, but it says it made eight point nine million total. So I think it did do you know, and that's probably why they made the second one and you know, they couldn't get the, the cash grab that, you know, the Saw movies did. I'm like looking up the director, uh, Natali. Vincenzo Natali, and he did Splice, which had Sarah Polly to go back, and also he did In the Tall Grass, which was uh, Stephen King with our, our man, uh, oh wait, wasn't Thomas Jane I haven't in seen that? It In the Tall Grass, or Splice. Splice is <laughs> good, and In the Tall Grass, um... Shit, what was the... Patrick Wilson was the, the main guy that I remember. Oh, he's but, good. Um, oh, shit, I'm thinking of like 19... What was it, like 1929 yeah. or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yes, that... 22? 22. Yeah, that one that came out right around the same time, the other Stephen okay. King story. Okay, and that one had Thomas Jane. Yeah. Yeah, I and think. The Tall Grass was... Patrick uh, okay. writ- Written by Stephen King with his son, Joe Hill. Right. Okay. Well, you can understand my confusion then, but yeah, it's, I don't know. Just it's cool to see something like this uh, succeed, and I'm hoping somebody listens to this and gives it a shot because th- this is one of those things that I have shown. I I would I would say I've shown this movie to over double digit in people at this point, dude, and. I, wow. He fucking directed one of uh, the Cabinet of Curiosity shorts too, the the Graveyard Rats one. <laughs> so the one with with his two guys. Yeah, and to to piss you off, <laughs> he also directed two episodes of the Stand remake. Oh come on, man! Not, you just brought me down from a really good high. Well, a job's a job, you know. Oh, that's that's probably you know. There's worse jobs than doing a bad Stephen King adaptation. I haven't seen it, but he also did. I was going to say, Kevin, if you I saw, know, you yeah, I guess be so. But uh, he also was one of the directors <laughs> in the anthology film Paris 
Jatem, The Paris I Love You, with uh, among directors like Wes Craven and Gus Van Zandt and the Coen brothers and like a whole whole bunch. So just an odd fact that he was like made the list, and really he probably only did Cube at that point. Did he direct Hypercube? Look, looking at his his um, credits, by that point he had done Cube and then some TV stuff uh, and maybe one or two movies that I've never heard about. Cypher, nothing. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was still relatively an unknown compared to you know the stuff he's done since Paris or Time. Yeah, he he's actually done some decent stuff. ABCs of Death too, which I mean, Grand, you're one of 26 directors, but that's besides the point. Oh shit, he did he did a bunch of fucking Hannibal episodes, and some of the, some some of them were good. Yeah. Did Westworld, uh, Strain, so yeah, I, I mean, good on him. I mean. Uh, uh, Damn it! Now I need to know which two episodes of the stand the, he directed. The stand and the walk. Wait, is that wait? He did the Epi- walk. Episode seven. Oh. Okay. And episode eight. Oh gosh! Okay. Oh. That that makes me sad. <laughs> I'm just I'm really sad right now. Because <laughs> um, that that is a a mini series that kind of went kind of really sideways. You want to hear something interesting though? Please, yes. He was a storyboard artist uncredited for Johnny Demonic. Nice. Oh. But he was a, he was the storyboard artist for Ginger Snaps. The first one, right? Not the Yeah, the first one. Ones. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I liked Ginger Snaps too. I just really hated the third one. So, but the first one was great. Now now I'm getting to a point where I have to go back to my notes just to see what I thought of episode 7 and 8 of the stand just to make sure that, you know, maybe there there was like a Little hint, a little bit possibly that I like. Nope. Okay. Uh, no, actually, wait. Part seven, I I liked. Episode seven, I liked. Let's see. Maybe, maybe there's hope, people. Um, no. So I gave part episode seven a zero point eight, which was out of a one point oh because I was trying to do this little average thing. Um, unfortunately, episode eight, I gave a zero point one. I hated it. So, best of times, worst of times. Anyway, so, do we want to talk about other movies that, you know, could have made our list? Uh, I mean, we can, if you guys want to. I mean, like, literally, this is what I had written down for, like, what my my top five would have been. From Dust Till Dawn, 28 Days Later, The Mist, 38 Days of Night, and The House on Hunted Hill. There's just one of them we didn't you really go, talk girl. about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah well, just one. I I think I said to Kevin, I was like, I guarantee Chris is going to talk about 28 days later. I, see, I, I tried not to. I, 
<laughs> I was like, I, I was just anticipating it. I, I would have lost that bet. Um, but both both of those movies, you know, could have easily been on the list. But once again, it's one of those things that you and I have talked about. What three or four different podcasts at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's. I love the movie. I love what it did for the zombie genre. I love like the messages it tries to get across. I love the the choices in the music and the performances, and I'm glad they changed the ending. But again, we fucking discussed that ad nauseum. Okay, so um, and the same thing goes with House or House, jeez, uh, Night of the Living Dead, which. I almost still put on the list, but once again, uh, we, the, the horse is dead. We've beaten the hell out of it. Uh, it. It belongs on the list. And Chris, did you know that there's a colorized version of the original Night of the Living Dead? I think I might have seen part of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. but Kevin, did you watch any of it? Because I, I did send you a link, right? Was it? Yeah. Was I, it didn't, like, I didn't know. I went Dawn with the Dead. Was it kind of Technicolor? I mean, not like, or am I am I thinking of something else? It actually looked pretty kind decent. It, it it wasn't quite spot on, but it looked decent enough. So Technicolor is probably accurate. Okay. Um. Now, um, I don't want to hog all the glory here or anything, but I'm just going to throw out a couple, and then you guys can have at it. Um, I wanted to throw out, um, you know. Well, Saw, we we just talked about Saw. I was going to go Saw 2, but uh, Me once too. again, we we did a podcast about the whole Saw franchise that lasted four hours, I think. Four, so, four and a half hours, yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, there's only a handful that you could choose for it to work from that, but... Right. I might, I might go Saw 5 over Saw 2, but definitely not over Jigsaw. Fair enough. I've only made it to uh, four. I, I bought the like eight DVDs for ten dollars at Walmart, rather to like not rent it or whatever. And me and my girlfriend went through and watched like the first four. So I saw saw two last month. Well, all all you know the first four, and really only yeah. So far, I would just pick saw two just to kind of fit the mold better than saw one because it's only two guys oh, yes. really. Um, so I had Predators on the list, but quite frankly, we, Chris and I just talked about that, I think in October or September and the mommy episode, you guys talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like conceptually it fits what we're talking about, but it just wasn't a a great movie. It it was a movie that fit the description, I guess. And It, it wasn't a bad movie. It had some cool set pieces and shit, but yeah, like it doesn't live up to the premise. If I was doing a top 10, it might have been like around 10 or 11, somewhere in that area. Yeah. Honestly, it probably would have been like in my 20, between 20 and 30, somewhere in there for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, A movie that I was surprised that none of us went for uh, was Zombieland. Shit, you know what? I forgot about that because you fucking brought that one up and reminded me about it. And I said, oh, shit, I forgot. I guess I forgot it twice. <laughs> I mean, it has the four main plus Bill Murray. It fits all the criteria. It's a fantastic movie. Uh, I think it's a fantastic movie. It, I don't really know many people that dislike Zombieland. I do know that there are people that do dislike it, but 
by and large, it, I think most people talk positively about it. Uh, would you guys agree that it fits the criteria? Oh, yeah. I would, and I would also, I don't know if it's coming up next, but I would suggest, um, if we're going zombie land, to add the first stake land into it, too. Uh, stake land is somewhere on this list. I really, really, really wish I had gone and alphabetized it like I told Kevin I was mm-hmm. going to, but I did not. But yeah, stake land is down there eventually, so yes. Uh, stake land was a really solid movie. I never watched the second one. Have either of you? I watched the second one, and it's a direct sequel, so it's not kind of... Uh, it's It wraps up the story between the two of them, but it's it's not... It wouldn't fit the criteria, because at this point, uh, I think you're missing Kelly McGillis. I don't think she came back for it, but everybody else who was in the first one isn't... So everybody's already... Like, the same thing I once put Zombieland 2... Well, I guess you could because they have that new group that comes in. But before that, you know, it's these people aren't strangers. At this point, they're like a family kind of deal. Right. Um, All right. Then I had 28 Days Later. I had Snakes on a Plane just for laughs, but it does fit the criteria in its own really stupid way. Uh, I don't... What are you guys' thoughts on snakes on a plane? Like, is it a horror do movie? You, do you find it enjoyable? You, um, go ahead, Kevin. Oh, do you guys consider it a horror movie? Would uh, you tell? I some, would say comedy horror. Yeah, yeah. Horror adjacent, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on. <laughs> I, um, I mean, there's a lot of movies I like that I could put on the. I mean, like climax i liked and i wouldn't tell someone oh this is a horror movie you know like there's certain movies that are considered horror movies for some reason but uh yeah snakes on the plane uh yeah i mean it's fun you if it's one of those movies you're either into it or you're not and you can make the decision of whether you want to be into it or not i i feel don't don't you know like right off the bat though like this movie is either for me or not because it's called Snakes on a Plane. If you've seen like just ten seconds of the trailer, you you should know. Like nobody should go into that movie and be like, "Oh, I'm disappointed." No, um, you saw the trailer. You know what it is. But see, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I would say that the trailer. You had almost two different trailers. You know when really? it was coming. Well, you you had the one side where they were trying to make it look like it was a horror movie. You know, like Jaws on a Plane. And then you had the other side where they were playing into, you know, get the goddamn snakes off this goddamn, you know. Um, Once they realized that that'd be far more marketable. Yeah. And, and you know, the the premise seems like almost something that you let your kids watch, but then you actually watch it. And <laughs> there's some, like, really brutal fucking kills in that, you know, like, they don't, they don't shy away from, like, some of the shit that the snakes do when they fucking bite you. So, um I mean, I, I think that you hit it on the head when, when you said you can you know you can go into it and enjoy it, and it's going to be up to you to choose to do so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if if somebody wanted to argue and say, hey, this is a horror movie, I wouldn't argue against it. And if somebody wanted to argue and say, this is a straight-up comedy, I don't find it scary at all, I wouldn't argue against it either. I mean... Uh, you know, some of my family just found out that I do this podcast after we've been doing it for years, Kent, and they were talking to me, and I was like trying to be like, 
it's almost hard now because we've watched so many horror movies to actually find something scary. So, you know, trying to figure out what is and what isn't horror anymore when very few things actually bother you um, can be difficult. You know, like, Plus, yeah, go ahead. Wouldn't you say, like, I, I, I find as I get older that uh, I, fi- I find that I can't typically just say a movie is simply one genre. Like, almost all movies now are like some amalgamation of two or more genres, really. Except for Jingle All the Way, that's just shit. But yeah. besides that. True, true. I'm not going to deny that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Snakes on a Plane... It doesn't. I think we've probably given it more discussion than it probably even deserves. But I'm happy we got to talk about it. Um, Here's so, one I'd like to throw out to you, and tell me if you think this fits the definition. But um, do you remember Ravenous? Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> I was like, does it fit though? Because like outside of Guy Pierce, all those guys are and well, and Robert Carlyle, all those other guys are soldiers who work together, who know each other. You know. Okay. So. I'll just toss in my two cents because it's eventually it's like something I want. I was just, I'll, I'll just say this: I kind of wanted to get to a point in this conversation where we were going to throw out movies that we weren't sure if it qualified. So, Ravenous is a good example. I I don't know if it does qualify. I I wouldn't be mad at you. Like I wouldn't be like Chris. It doesn't qualify. I just I sat there and I questioned like, eh, is it or isn't it? I I don't know. It's gray area for me. I mean, that's one that if I felt like it qualified, I would have definitely put on my list. But I was like, this is borderline, so I don't know if I can make it work. So I'm not even going to try to, you know, worm my way into making it fit our criteria. Do you think I have? I'd have to rewatch it. Like, it would be one that I would be, you know, I would definitely let it fit too. Um, I tried to make Alien 3 work, and it just wasn't happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like Alien 3. I know there are a lot of people who fucking hate it, but for whatever reason, when I, the point of my life when I saw it, it really resonated with yeah, me. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, I think it was, it was at the point of time when I was in my teens and just realizing that like the world could suck sometimes. And the Super nice. Nintendo game was I, so good. And it made me like, and it made me like kind of relove the movie because I would like obsessively play that video game. So I really love Charles Dance, and um, you know, like the first thing I ever saw him in was The Golden Child, and he was just kind of a funny character in that. But seeing him having kind of like a renaissance, you know, as he got older, I was just it just made me a. Game of Thrones, even that shitty ass fucking Dracula, Untold, uh, you know, like uh, Alien Three, Last Action Hero. I mean, some of this shit he's done, he's just I, I don't, I, I like him as an actor. He's uh, able to really be that you know distinguished fucking British guy. Also, he was one of the voices in Witcher Three, and that's one of my favorite games of all time. So. How how you feeling about uh Henry Cable Cavill whatever dropping out of the show after next? <sighs> well, 
uh, you know, I'm, I came into the Witcher fandom through the video games rather than straight up through the books. So everything that I liked was basically the equivalent of fan fiction in the first place. Um, yeah, I've, I've read some of the books since then and I like them, but, uh, it's not as big a deal for me as like the making changes in that as it would be like what they did with like the rings of power, you know, something that I've just, I've grown up with since I was a little kid, you know, my, my walls used to be decorated with all of the J.R.R. Tolkien calendar, uh, paintings that we would rip off and use as wallpaper because we were cheap. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see. Like I liked season one. I liked season two better because it, it had more Geralt. Um, and like my mom was asking me that same question right after the chicken. And I was like, you know, let's see what season three is like. If, if season three shits the bed, nobody's going to give a shit because nobody's going to care about season four in the first place. If season three is head and tails above season one and season two in terms of quality, then it's probably going to be a blow and we'll have to see. I don't think Liam Hemsworth is a bad actor by any means. Um, but, you know, I always like the idea of somebody caring about a role so much that they're willing to go and fight for it in order to obtain it, like Henry did to get cast as Geralt in the first place. So, we'll see. And, I mean, I don't know. Uh, between the stories that we've seen and then just the fact that he's getting recast as Superman and uh, he's got Highlander going forward and they're trying to get him to be... Commander Shepard in the Mass Effect TV series, if it ever happens, and he's got, you know, the the bit part, but he's still as, you know, Sherlock in Enola Holmes. So he's got a fucking full plate, and I'm happy for him, because he seems like, out of all the actors in Hollywood and Britain and anywhere where they're really marketed over here, as, like, the type of person I would fucking love to hang out with, because we play the same type of video games, we're into the same type of board games... Uh, he values his privacy and, you know, if I ever became famous in any capacity whatsoever, that would be like my number one consideration. So. Okay. So that's Chris's love letter to Henry Cavill. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Thanks, Kent. <laughs> I haven't seen The Witcher, but I do like, I do like Henry Cavill. Actually, to go along with that quickly, uh, James James Gunn now taking over DC kind of thing. Like, good choice. I like the Suicide Squad. I think. I, like I think we'll have to see overall, because James Gunn I think is a great filmmaker. Uh, I mean, look at like his like forget the schlocky stuff, but he learned his craft from you know some masters, you know like. Roger Corman. But, um, you know, like his, his comedy is definitely on point, whether it's horror comedy, like Slither, or superhero comedy, like Guardians of the Galaxy, and Suicide Squad, and Peacekeeper. Um, Juliet. Like, yeah, I mean, so we'll have to see, like, he's shown that he can do comedy. He's shown that he can attempt to do horror with, you know, like Brightburn. But, um, we haven't really seen him try to do straight stuff. Like I'm even super 
was it was dark, but it was dark comedy. So I mean, uh, on the other hand, he's not just the only uh, head. That, so his his produ- production partner has done a bunch of the uh, superhero stuff for DC previously from a producer standpoint. So I think if nothing else, the fact that they actually have people to do like a Kevin Feige type role wherein they say, you know, okay, instead of doing four different versions of the Batman, we're going to, you know, pick one version and stick with it to try to make it work is the right kind of thing. If what they're attempting to do is to do something to rival Marvel, you know, get a DCEU going for all intents and purposes. Um, Personally, I don't think the tech that they've done for the last couple of years where they're doing just individual projects has been bad because I liked the Batman. I liked Joker. Uh, A lot of their animated stuff has been super fucking good. Uh, Doom Patrol is one of my favorite shows on TV. So so we'll see. I mean, uh, he said, you know, right after he took over, he and his partner, that they're listening to fans and what they want. So... um, you know, they they talked about, I don't know if anything will happen, but giving us the David Ayer cut of um, the first Suicide Squad movie, which I would find interesting because that movie seemed like it had a lot of potential. And then it, it, you can definitely tell it was a studio hack job where the people tr- couldn't come together in, in favor of like an artistic vision. Yeah. I have to admit something. Um I blanked out for a good minute of you talking because Kevin mentioned Tromeo and Juliet, which uh, really one of my favorite things that come out in the, in the mid to late nineties. And I think it possibly is available on Peacock. Did, I don't know if anybody knows that Peacock yeah. has like a bunch of the trauma movies. Just Are they, are they for the free Peacock or are they for the subscriber only Peacock stuff? I, I don't. I I really don't. I don't like how Peacock having three different tiers of shit. Oh, there's three. There, there's oh, like a they free, do wrestling, right? And then they had for October. Yes, they had a two dollar a month, and then a seven dollar, and it's just arduous. But was, my wife signed up for the free one, so I went in there. I was like, oh, there's a bunch of shit I want to watch, and everything. Everything was on the pay tier. I'm like, I already right. have. I already yeah. have so many streaming yeah, one episode. I, can't, yeah. I don't want to do another one on top of everything else. Yeah. I, I feel Me that too. the Roku channel is covering a ton of stuff that's like Peacock now as well. So that's always an option for anybody that uh, is looking for Peacock content. Good to know. I'll have to check that out because I just watched Weird yeah, yesterday. Uh, okay. Oh. Did Did you watch that yet, Kevin? No, I haven't. Uh, it's on the list. I, I enjoyed it. Did Did you have fun with it, Chris? I am glad that you know when it. I first saw the trailers. You know, they just announced it as like the biopic, and then you know, reading the reviews and realizing, okay, this is a parody of a parody of Weird Al's real life. So it's not his actual. Made me. It was fucking amazing. You know, it was just crazy over the top. I fucking loved it. Uh, yeah. Daniel Radcliffe killed it. Evan Rachel, Rachel Wood killed it. I mean, it was, it's just a fucking amazing. It really was. And I, I was cracking up cause I, I'm watching it with Raylene and she's like, did this really happen? I'm like, 
Yes. Yes, Raylene. Yes, Weird <laughs> Weird Al died in nineteen eighty five, Raylene. He really him and Madonna, they had a nice uh, relationship and what was it, Pablo Escobar and oh my god. Yeah, I, I had a great time with it. So, uh, Kevin, I imagine you will, too, if you're a fan of Weird Al, which I don't... Now, there's a person... I don't know a single person that ever says anything negative about Weird Al. Oh, yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, I actually got to see him uh, a couple uh, years ago uh, doing the orchestra tour. That would be cool. That would have been a real cool thing to see. Yeah, it was It was pretty awesome. My first time I got to see him. Yeah, so that was pretty... And, like... like one thing I like really like took away from that concert was that he did an entire set with an orchestra and didn't do any of the Michael Jackson songs. Like that's pretty much like as a child, like how I became like a fan of him. And like, I would think that that would be like a staple and for him to do like an entire show. And like, I knew at least 75% of the songs, maybe 80% of them and didn't feel cheated at all. So, uh, yeah, weird out for life. I think one of the, uh, the coolest things from listening to his albums were the poker remixes that he would do of shit. And because they were poker, they never, none of them ever got played on the fucking radio, but listening to like some of the, like the poker compilations that he would do on some of them, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this, not only is this good, but he's mixing like fucking Bohemian Rhapsody with other fucking Queen songs and doing it to polka. I mean, shit like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's not like in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I, I, I don't. I guess he, he's his own genre in and of itself. But I don't know. Can't they make like uh, an exception and get him in? I don't. I think they it's should. well. I think it's it's funny because he's really known for his parody stuff, but if you listen to any of his albums, like he'll have like an eighteen track album and two of them will be parodies and sixteen of them will be original compositions and yet nobody knows any of those original songs. They're all just fucking focusing on the parodies. Pretty much. I also love the Coolio scene in in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I love the fact that he absolutely positively wrote Eat It before <laughs> Michael Jackson never wrote Beat <laughs> Yes. All right. Um, All right, to get back to our main topic, Kent. Come on, Jesus, why are you segueing so much? All right. So before I get back to the list, I I guess I'd be more interested to know, uh, Kevin, what movies did you think may or may not have actually made sense for the list? Did you have have some questionable ones? That... I think Alien 3 was one that I was dead set on. Uh, so, the, uh, what is it? House of, House of Nine? Have you guys seen that? Yes. Chris? House, House of Nine? House of Nine? Yeah, it has Dennis Hopper. And that's no, like I don't, about I don't it. I think I have. So, like, I think it would easily fit in the list of like so it's like six or no it's nine strangers and they all wake up in this hotel room and they're and it's exactly like I would explain it as House on Haunted Hill and Saw 2 like got together to try and make some cash and like 
fail miserably. Not because the movie's bad, but just the kind of premise of it, and it just didn't do that well. But yeah, so there's nine people. They're all strangers. Uh, they wake up and then realize they are from various backgrounds, and then the they're offered a five million dollars uh, to the survivor of the night, and you know whoever there can only be one survivor. And uh, and the idea of the list was originally to like people who work together, and they do work together, but it it is like the exact opposite of the other ones because usually like working together and not going on self interest or like hoarding food or whatever or you know giving off rape vibes, all of that. Uh, that really the way the movie goes is that like the more you know, when people start dying and people start killing each other, they get rewarded. So in that way, it was kind of like worked in the opposite way, but I still, I liked it. Yeah. I I had on the list because I I definitely considered it, but I hadn't seen it in gosh, I I don't even know, probably eight years, minimum eight to 10 years ago. So my memory was very skittish at best, so I didn't, uh, you know, obviously didn't crack my list. But yeah, I think it belonged, uh, no doubt. Uh, I'll throw a movie out there that I really, I, I don't even know if there's a definitive answer whether it belongs or not. But uh, wreck slash quarantine. Because it's like an apartment building, so you assume that you know some some people know their neighbors, but it wasn't like a huge apartment building. So I, I don't know would that have qualified, or do we just not know enough about the relationships among the tenants to know? I I mean I saw on a lot of lists, you know, looking up this very fucking thing, and again that was one of the ones I was like, oh, this is such a popular horror movie. I'm like, it, everybody would pick it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good. It's very good. So you don't get back backstory on the tenants? Is that because like the less story you have, the more you could just kind of like push it. So I would say yes. Bullshit your way. Yeah, so. I mean, I couldn't do Alien Three because the writing was so goddamn good that like because that group of of uh, men that were on the planet. Like my opening argument would be like, there's no one stranger than the people you're locked up with. But they're like a brotherhood, and they took celibacy, and then like when Charles uh, S. Dutton, you know, tells these two guys they're, they're like don't want to go out on a job with this other guy that they're gonna do it because they're brothers. I was like, ah, it's too solid. Even the lore of like a woman, you know, they they're all you know convicts and stuff. So I think the the you know, I know you said it's a good movie, but like the less information they give you in in writing of stories you can kind of like make it what you want sure you know it's funny because okay so there was house of nine there's also a movie called nine dead which i had also seen um which also really fit this criteria and it had uh melissa joan hart in it uh she was bad in it uh i thought I don't know. I used to like her much better as Clarissa explains it all. But uh, it's it's funny that 
nine seems to be like a, a perfect number for these types of movies, apparently. I wanted to see that, um, uh, but it wasn't on anything for free. I wasn't going to pay for it, but I did I did see that on uh, a couple lists, the nine dead. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend paying for it, but if you can at some point find it uh, free, it, it's probably worth it. Just, you know, the idea every ten minutes, one of the nine strangers has to die and they have to try to figure out the connection. It's a... I mean, by by now, it almost feels like a formulaic thing, but, uh, you know, once again, that's kind of thanks to Cube and then everything else that happened after, really. So, um, I'll present another movie that I really wasn't sure if it could have been argued for this. Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I was, yeah, I was thinking about uh, that me one. Me too. I thought about it. Because we don't know, like... If they went to school together, it, it seems like they didn't hang out with each other if they did go to school together prior. Like, it didn't seem like they were friends. None of them were friends, right? Well, it just seems like they were, like, yeah. all, like, locked up in, like, a, you know, whatever kind of home it is. The psych ward, right? Western yeah. Hills. Yeah, so yeah. they were all committed by their family. So, I mean, um, and they really don't seem like they get along at all in the beginning of that movie, right? And then they kind of you know, <laughs> right? Because Kincaid's a dick to everybody, and I, I guess uh, minute, but... uh, Dungeon Master and Joey kind of get along well, but everybody's kind of you know, what's her face wants to just be a TV star, so she just watches TV. The other one wants to blow the guy to get drugs, and you, you know, like none of them really have connections all that much. And, you know, Kristen, she's awesome in her dreams because she could do a cartwheel. <laughs> yeah. But I, I figured I could have made the argument for it. But once again, uh, knowing what we're doing in 2023 for a podcast, I felt it was conversation best saved for later. Um, so another. I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, cool. I was going to say, I've, I got six more that I wasn't sure if could make the list oh, or not. But Oh, uh, please do, because I got a long list, so I don't want to be the one that only talking. <laughs> okay, I'll just shoot them off quickly. Screamers with Peter Weller from 1995. It's been a while since I saw that, so I didn't remember how many of them are strangers. Um, same thing for this. Critters from 1980. I don't remember yeah. how many of them were strangers, but at least there were the locals and then the aliens. Wait, the from first Critters, one? so there was the yeah. family at home. Yeah, the first one. With mm-hmm. The family of four with Dee Wallace. Yeah. And then the town folk who kind of, I think they all knew each other, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would but think I that. Was it, was it the first one or the second one that had the alien bounty hunters show up, though, to take out the... Second one. Okay. So second one probably would have made more sense. Um, right. House 2, the second story. <laughs> yeah, you can't go with the first one, but the second one definitely had a group going between Jesse, Charlie, Gramps, John Ratzenberg's character, uh, the Aztec priestess that they rec- uh, rescued. Um, so I, mean, I would argue that one. Uh, the first mimic from nineteen ninety seven. Ooh, okay. Especially at, by the end when you've got, you know, a couple of the scientists knew each other, but then you also have Charles Dutton and Giancarlo Giannini and the little kid. Yeah, I think... Mr. Funny Shoes. Yeah. I, watched, I actually saw that not that long ago, so 
Yeah, I think you could. Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. I hate that I movie. I did a whole week of Guillermo del Toro movies because I haven't really seen him, and it just happens that he made that movie early on. It, I, it took, like, two of the worst things in my, like, roaches and praying mantises and squashed them together and made them giant, so fuck And, that like, movie. human-like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I just, that really, like, ticks everything that fucking bothers me about bugs. Um, and then I guess the last one, and this is probably more of a horror adjacent, but would be Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is, though, Chris. Well, yes, but that's just one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do they still, uh, does you know, still know who Hulk Hogan is? They all knew who Hulk Hogan was in 1990. You know what? That's a good point, Kevin. That's a very yeah, good point. I mean, if they do, they know... Mostly bad things, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think he'd probably be more well-known for bad The, the reality things. show? He was actually an answer on Supermarket Sweep, an episode I just saw recently. You know, I mean, obviously an old episode, but I was like, oh. Dude, oh, okay. I just realized that fucking Christopher Lee's character in that movie was named Dr. Catheter. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> I mean, wow. All right. Um, Kevin, did you have other movies that you kind of were iffy no, about? I kind of just stuck to... No? Yeah, the list. I mean, really, Alien 3 was the one. Okay. Um, all right, so I'm going to go down the list, and if there's stuff we want to talk about, sure. Um, kind of more quick hits. Uh, Langoliers, which is a guilty pleasure, Kevin and I just That one totally fits, earlier. though. It, 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 it does. in an interesting way too because of that the like the whole time portal thing. I would like to see that story redone. You know, you can change the story around a little bit to make it more movie friendly if you, if need be. But I really think you could make a really good movie out of that dude, premise, dude. Four past midnight. I think that was what it originally yeah. came out in. Is one of my favorite Stephen King books. And they've already shown that they can do a good job with Secret Window, Secret Garden. So yeah. I would love to see a Langoliers remake. That was good. you know. And I would love to see a Library Policeman one. And the Sundog. All four of them were fucking really good stories. Yeah. Um, another one that I think Kevin already talked about, Assault on Precinct 13. Uh, you definitely could have made an argument, even though it's not full-on horror. I mean, come on, there is the scene where the car's just rolling down the street and the gun just pops out the window in the silliest way possible. Uh, I will forever be grateful for that movie. Are you, are you talking just the original or the original and the remake? I've never seen the remake. I actually, I like the remake too. You know, so it's, it's not, again, it's one of those remakes that didn't diminish the original. But yeah, I like the, I like the remake too. Um, and in the remake kind of did, like, you know, the John Carpenter one is, like, so so gritty, and the the Ethan Hawke one is very, like, like a polished action film from the early 2000s, is what it, and that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I like that, too. Uh, so, the prisoners, they have, like, prisoners inside? I don't remember. So, is it that random of the people? Because I guess that would be the only way that I wouldn't be sure. I don't 
I don't know how many of those people really knew. Like in the re- in the remake, at least you had a. Some civilians get caught in there too because of the uh, the storm going on outside, oh, like yeah. Maria Bello. Yeah, I I feel like there was enough uh, enough people that didn't know each other directly that you could make the argument, but it really it also wasn't horror enough to really bother making the argument. It just kind of sort of fit the criteria, I guess. So, um, one I thought one of us was going. Bring up was Train to Busan. Oh fuck! Yes, that was on my list too, but it was on my old list, the one I've made. I've never seen it. Yeah, uh, I, I got pumped because I didn't realize I still hadn't seen Peninsula, and then yeah, even though I've heard a lot of not as good things about it, but I saw that you had it on your your Voodoo, so that got me excited, Kent. So I'm gonna watch that. Yeah, I haven't days. watched it yet, uh, but I plan on it. Uh, but yeah, Train to Busan. No, uh, you have no. a it, Kevin. I, I, I was going oh, to. You, it's, you owe it to yourself, Kevin. It's definitely. It's, yeah, I top, don't want to overhype it, but it really was a damn good film. Top two or three Absolutely. zombie movies, I'd say, that I've seen. Yeah, it, it's it's high up there for me too. I, once again, I don't want to overhype it. You make your own opinion, but it, it genuinely is a really good. It does everything that World War Z seemed to want it to, but just didn't quite get there, I guess. Seen that either. Um, I I had a movie called Countdown uh, from from a list, and I haven't seen it. I know it was on Netflix. Have either, either of you guys seen Countdown? Um, give me some premise. I would, but uh, I don't. No. What what I, year did it come out? Who was in it? 2019. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, like the when a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die, it tells her she only has three days to live. With the clock ticking and a figure haunting her, she must find a way to save her life before time runs out. I'm assuming at that point she probably meets up with random strangers. It showed up like on two lists, so that's the only reason I bring it up. I have. Otherwise, I'm just speaking out my ass. I have no idea. So, uh, I can move on to the platform. That's on Netflix. Uh, I'm guessing one or both of you have seen platform, maybe? Is that the one with the food? The food, okay. yeah. Okay, I was thinking of that. I couldn't fucking remember the name. I was like, well, I can't put a movie that I don't remember what the fucking title was on it. <laughs> I couldn't remember the name either. I went through, like, things that I watched. I was like, watched. The was Lift? Like, oh. Was it called The Lift? <laughs> I don't know if it really belongs on the list or not. Debatable, but enjoyable. No, Kevin, my girlfriend actually it? suggested it a couple of years ago, and I've not getting ar- gotten around to it. And I saw it on the list, and I was like, oh, th- this will be the time. And then I I, I didn't end up watching it. It's okay. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a great movie, but it's a very interesting movie, if nothing else. So that, I would agree with that. It's one that makes you think. Like it, it, it doesn't take a lot. Well, it takes a lot to scare me, but it doesn't take a lot to disturb me. And this was one of those ones that disturbed me. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's definitely disturbing. Um, a movie I'm pretty sure Kevin and I just discussed was Feast. That 
definitely meets all the criteria and is a fantastically fun movie, which once again fits our criteria of having a fun movie. Like, Chris, have you seen Feast? I have not, which is why I didn't bring it up. But um, Gotcha. They've done, like, what, three of them now? Yeah, and I think I have all of them on Voodoo, I think. You do. So, uh, I, I, will, I will warn you, even though you'll like the first one, and then you'll say, eh, how bad could the next two be? Just be warned that they do dip in quality each time. So, it is what it is. Uh, but the first feast is a lot of fun with a couple of uh, known yeah, actors. Yeah, I really it's so, it's a lot of it's it's like yeah. bloody and fun and yeah, great cast. I like how they do the whole like introductions uh, for them because it gives you all the backstory. Yes, like, you know, and where like Jason Mewes plays himself that like was a nice twist. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you actually like after seeing that? I was like, I wish more movies would do that because there are some times where I can't figure out what the name of the character is until like 45 minutes into the damn movie. This, I'm like, oh, okay, that's their name, that's their deal. Okay, I'm all in. Like, that's character development done beyond, like super fast and effectively. So, had some from Dust Till Dawn vibes, uh, they got to it like immediately. Right. Yes. Yeah. There was no. There was none of that first. What forty, forty-five minute stuff. No. It was just right to it. Um. Let's see. Howl. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. I saw that one. Yep. That was pretty Kevin, good. Did you see? Howl? No, I don't. Is it kind of recent? Uh, like maybe seven years ago, six, seven years ago. That's no, about right. Um, it takes place mostly on a train, right? Yeah, on a tr- train in Great Britain, Scotland. I think so. One of somewhere on Great Britain. Yeah, um, it's actually one of the better really? werewolf films, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I I don't think there's a lot of great werewolf movies though. So. Yeah, we we had a discussion of that when we did the top ten werewolves, and it was pretty easy to do because <laughs> not a lot. You have some bad ones. Um, <laughs> Moving on. By default. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I consider Skin talkers. Yeah. <laughs> what was the movie that, that you had me watch with Edward James almost? That was pretty decent. Oh, shit. Um, uh, no, I'm drawing a blank, man. I think it's just like a one word thing, and I can't remember it, but all right. Um,. Killing Room. Did either of you Killing see Room? that movie? No. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, it's kind of another... Oh, Wolfen. Wolfen, there you yeah, go. That was, that yeah, that was yeah. older. Yeah, older. Um, Killing Room actually has Nick Cannon and Clea Duvall, uh, Chloe Savini, uh, Peter Stormar, uh, Timothy Hutton, Pretty good cast, quite frankly. Yeah, it sounds like it. The movie itself, not so great. But, uh, like, they're, they're, they're people that sign up that basically are part of a test, so to speak. That's the premise, so they're strangers. Eh, it's okay if you had free time and were interested in it. Go for it. Otherwise, 
completely missable. Uh, I had Rabbit and Shivers, but I can't remember enough to know whether they count or not, so left them off. Um, Salo, Stakeland, uh, the tournament, I vaguely remember, and I think it fits the criteria, but I don't remember enough to keep it. Um, Devil. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, shit. Yeah, I actually watched Devil. it on, on your Voodoo to, to actually be able to discuss it on this podcast, and then I, I forgot it. <laughs> Kevin, what, you've yeah. seen it? Oh, no. I didn't. I saw that on the Devil. list, too. But I didn't, I didn't get around to it. It's like a guilty... Okay, so I consider The Happening a guilty pleasure, but I know that's a really terrible movie. The But Devil's not a bad movie. Um, I mean, it's a, it, I would say it's a slightly above-average movie. It's a perfect M. Night-type film. Uh, I, I, I would I would definitely recommend it. I do know, like M. Night looking, Shyamalan. I don't think it's a very long part. movie. Yeah, I like the old... Uh, Actually, I like a lot of his newer stuff. Like, I just don't like the middle chunk of his career, or and I also don't like Sixth Sense. But, you know, early stuff, and some of his newer... Like, I liked old, I like, uh, what was it, The Visits? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Identity, Would You Rather? That, that was a movie that I... I'm not sure if it qualified, and I'm guessing neither of you have seen it. But I do know that Kevin, at the very least, yes. watched this next one. Inhuman Resources. Um, I, have, what did so you I have not seen it. It was the only one I didn't take notes for, because I just kind of like watched it early in the morning. Yeah, for Fangoria, it's pretty It's pretty good. Um, I, am, I am not a murderer. I'm a regional manager. It's the best line out of the whole thing. <laughs> I, I liked that they tried, you know, given a little bit of a storyline twist, so to speak. Uh, Chris, you, you're probably never going to make time to watch this, right? Uh, I mean, if you're going to throw out spoilers, be my guest. Uh, I mean, basically, this guy kidnaps uh, six people. And first and foremost, like within five minutes, we get tits. So they're trying to keep their audience. They're like, we have a semi-compelling story, but we need to have tits to keep our fans. So they give us tits. Good. And he basically chains six people up to these desks with computers and he wants them to basically prove that he is innocent of this murder that he claims to be innocent of. But he also has very brutal methods about him, so you're sitting there thinking like, hey, he's not a good guy, but in the end he was innocent but he was still kind of a dick. I don't know. It it wasn't bad. I don't know. It, yeah, it was, it was better it was, than I thought it, it would was. Fun. It was fun. I mean, I yeah, know, it's not Kevin, really like. It, was it better? I wouldn't say a spoiler, Chris, because if you can get twist, this guy, the twist, like I without like, I don't know. You're just like, okay, that guy did it. Like I don't know how, <laughs> but that's gonna be the guy just by like deducting. I just just uh, the way he know, acted, like, right? Just, play the odds of like one out of six right <laughs> like yeah. that one and uh maybe it was yeah halfway that's, through that's you know the, what? the 
11 movies that I watched this week that you're just kind of like, yeah, that one. And I don't, I don't actually like to guess that kind of stuff because <laughs> sometimes it takes me out of the movie and it, it makes me enjoy it less when I'm like, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, who the killers are in Scream 3. <laughs> yeah. You're not going long for the ride. Uh, that's 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 what uh, Ken and I have discussed this before, but like my number one thing that tells me I'm this is a bad movie is when I'm taken so far out of it that I'm starting to try to guess the plot because I'm not enjoying where I'm watching anymore. Yeah. Um, all right. I got just a few more here. Uh, I I saw the cave on a couple of lists. I've never seen the cave. Anybody? I'm guessing. Okay. Um, Um, Sunch. No, I did not see that no. one. Sunshine was also on a list, which also appeared on the Pandorum uh, recommendations or whatever. And I've only seen it once. I can't vouch for that one way or the other. I think I enjoyed the movie, but I don't remember shit about it, to be honest. Sunshine? Uh, yeah. <sighs> All right. Sunshine worked way better when it was something equivalent to, like... Um, Shit! What was the one where they're they're going to the the Europa Protocol, where you know it, it was hard sci-fi and they're already having to work against you know just nature and space and science you know to kickstart the sun by shooting a nuke into it, uh, and then like halfway through it turns into a creature feature and degenerates from being you know like a highbrow, really good sci-fi sh- movie. Into being a subpar sci-fi creature feature. So it was missing. Steven isn't Tyler every movie? And Aerosmith singing a song. Yeah, I mean, it had a great cast like Cillian Murphy and uh, Chris Evans before he got big. Uh, for, I remember like Michelle Yeoh and um, shit. There were a couple other people, but yeah, once once like the crazy fucking captain who somehow threw like. Sun Insanity has burned his whole skin, and now he's almost like a fucking nonstop wrecking machine, you know, with no skin. Um, is when it it lost me, but it was really visually stunning. I think it was another Alex Proyas movie. Oh, okay. Um. Yes, I did. The Divide, Kevin. You watched The Divide, right? I didn't get... That was the one thing I really intended on doing, and I chose playing Halo Infinite a lot this week rather than doing research properly. So, can you tell us about The Divide? Yeah. So, The Divide... I, I actually really liked it. If I did, if I saw it more than once, maybe I'd put it on the list, but I only saw it once, so... But it's pretty simple. It's a nuclear attack happens on our apartment building, and uh, Michael Bean is the superintendent, and he has a basement like uh, bomb shelter at, at the bottom of it, and it's got like a Turkish bathhouse, and there is uh, what, nine people, I think, um, eight, eight or nine, I don't know. But nine seems to be the number, so we'll say nine. So, and it has a pretty good cast of, and even the unknowns are like pretty, 
pretty good. I think they've all done something, but it's Michael Bean yeah, or Zan Arquette. Since, since then, you've had like Lauren German do a what, Hostel Two, and then Lucifer, and like Milo Ventimiglia ended up becoming big, you know, through yeah. shit after that. So and yeah, Courtney B. Vance. Yeah, yeah, and, and Lauren German is really good in this, and the other things that I saw, her in, I don't really remember her standing out. But yeah, it it doesn't the things. That, it doesn't really go with like story. It felt like it had a lot of ideas and it tried to be more than what it, it could have been. But yeah, there's, you know, uh, nu- you know, the radiation from the nuclear attack is like seeping in and everyone, it, it, ta- it, it takes a little bit of time for them to go crazy, but they immediately break into the baked beans and like, like, like five minutes in, they're just like, okay, we got all this food, baked beans. Um, and it gets super uh, rapey too, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes a little while, but yeah, it like like thirty minutes in, but it gets really rapey, and it's very sexually depraved. I I liked it. It there is one scene because this is a movie. I feel like it reminds me of when I was young, and like you could punch holes in the plot and the story and all of that. But there is a scene where it's two guys. And they have Rosanna Arquette as their sex slave, and they're both wearing uh, like the the these masks, the like gas masks and the biohazard masks. And like the one guy's doing her doggy style, and the other guy is throwing peanuts at him. And he takes the back bean, <laughs> the baked a can of baked beans, opens it up, and just starts pouring it on her back like it's like cocaine, like. Like Jack Nicholson in The Departed, where he's just throwing cocaine on those girls. Like, but he's doing it with the baked beans. It's just crazy. It's it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't really try to have as much fun as as I probably had with it. But yeah, it, it, for that alone, wasn't it the, directed by the guy who did that one that um you made me watch, Kent Frontiers, the, the French, yes, Frontiers and Hitman, also the Timothy Oliphant movie. You know, I, I think I got so watch much this. now that I've seen <laughs> Frontiers and Hitman. I was like, that, that, that's probably why I didn't make it to a franchise. Xavier Jens, I think that's his, that's his name. But, uh, fantastic. Is it worth watching? Oh, yeah. Would you recommend oh, yeah. it? For, at okay. two hours, it, it is a bit long, and I watched it on Tubi, and so it's free, and with commercials, it was a little, it, probably was like two and a half hours maybe more but i didn't mind it it was it was also one of like the first three or four movies i watched this week of of these kinds of movies so but yeah i i would recommend it um another movie that you and i talked about i think you'd watched it was exam right no i didn't i that was a movie i was kind of asking about um gotcha you see it Chris, did you see it? I have not exam. I don't yeah. think so, no. Okay. I, I'm going to recommend it despite me not being able to recommend or remember too much. It was like eight people are applying for this like high-end job, and they have to pass this exam. They're, alone, they're in this room, and there's very strict guidelines, and some crazy shit happens. Pollyanna McIntosh. This was like the first time I had seen her. She's also in uh, The Woman. Uh, she's been in Walking Dead. She's done some stuff. And I think there's like one or two other people that 
you know, you may know from other things. Um, I don't know if you can find it to watch for free. I I read about this one, but I haven't seen it. Okay. I didn't see it on anything uh, that I see. had anyways. And I have a decent amount of streamers. Well, I'm checking out JustWatch.com because that thing has saved me so much damn time. All right, let's see. Um, watch now. You can stream on AMC Plus. Got that. Uh, or you do have it? AMC Plus, yeah. Okay. Um, or DirecTV. So if it's on AMC Plus, I wonder if it's also on was it Shutter? It might be on Shutter. They have Shutter and then IFC movies. Yeah, so I'll have to check Shutter if if, if it's on Shutter, I'd definitely rewatch it cuz I have Shutter for another 2 or 3 months at a decent price. So um another I only got a couple more here. The Hunt. Uh I think I probably talked about it on a previous podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie despite thinking it was going to be complete and utter trash. It fits the criteria. It is politically charged, and I don't like politically charged stuff, but there was enough comedy that it worked for me. I um, still haven't seen it, but yeah, we, we talked about it Yeah, before. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. And then I, I had a couple of questionable things that in hindsight, I just the only thing that I really can't tell for sure is if any of the Purge movies would have fit the criteria. But eh, there's only a couple of good Purge movies, like Purge what is there, Five, Purge Two. Purge I've only seen the first one. Purge Two would have fit. Yeah, I don't like the first one, despite me loving Ethan Hawke and uh, Lena Headey. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I really uh, but, like Lena Headey, <laughs> but. Uh, Part two and part three have Frank Grillo, and I'm all in on Frank Grillo. Part part two was the best in the series, I think. I would agree. And then part three was, I still liked it. Like, Purge 1, Kevin, was one of those movies, for example, where I liked the premise. I went in really expecting a lot, especially because I think it was one of the first things Ethan Hawke did right after um, Sinister. Maybe it was before, but it it was right around the same time. Uh, and then as I'm watching it, I'm just like, the stupid decisions they're making are just taking me out of the movie. I'm like, this guy fucking works for the security company, but he doesn't build a, you know, uh, you know, panic room in his house in case, you know, the security thing that is very fucking low key that he admits is horrible, doesn't work. I'm like, and you're going to, your neighbors want to kill you because they hate you, but you're just going to let them go. So they're going to try to do it again next year. I'm like, what the, yeah. Anyways. The logic was, flawed. anyways, <laughs> purge two actually, I think strung together into a decent, you know, group under fire, having to keep moving to survive kind of movie. And yeah, Frank Grillo is definitely what fucking solidified that. That was one of the first things I saw that really made me like Frank Grillo. You know, like I, he'd, I'd seen him as like a character actor and a couple things before that, but that was I was like, yeah, this guy should be a fucking leading man. Uh, is he in Cop Shop? Yeah, oh, yeah, I really like Cop Shop a lot. That's like my. I've been I've been trying to find some place to watch it, and everywhere I look, it's it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, this is on the one streaming channel that you don't have that you don't want to sign up for like nineteen ninety five a month yeah. to watch. Peacock, it. I think, had it for yeah. 
like when it first came out. Fucking I know. Peacock. Fuck you. Peacock. I, I, I saw it in the theater and I bought it. Like so, that was that's how I. That's probably what I'm going to end up having to do, anyways, because I really like Gerard Butler. And you I probably really like, like it. It's not like super gritty, but it's it's fun. It's a fun action film. It's I would say for action movies, it's like on the I'd say it's like a B plus, maybe A minus, which is pretty good for action films, I believe. Oh yeah, that's that's all you need. All right, Cam, what else you got? Uh, I got nothing else. We can either, we should probably wrap this up. We should probably talk about what we're doing next month. Which is the non-horror podcast of our year. Oh, sorry. I realized this was, you know, I, I finally got hit with the forgetting to unmute myself thing. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. So, um. First of all, that pause was really awkward. By the first, way, first of all, Kent, um, I, I did finish watching four things in between the last time we talked and now. So just okay. just to hit them up really quick, I finished Midnight Club, which was recommended. Really good. I would recommend it. Um, I mean, it's definitely the most teen of all of the stuff Mike Flanagan has done. But I mean, it's based on Christopher Pike books, so that should be expected. But there was. Definitely some brutality. I was not expect like, you know what the premise is, right? Yes. All these kids are terminal with cancer or some other disease, and they go to um, this hospice to live out their final days. You know, among people who are in a similar situation, so they're not feeling you know as outsiders. Um, and then they meet every midnight and tell horror stories to try to scare each other. Um, so one of the cool things was that Heather Langenkamp plays one of the main characters, the the doctor who runs the hospice in that. And then every story that they're telling, you know, they're portraying themselves as the characters that they're talking about. And they've got her in the each one of the individual stories playing some different character in it. So it was nice to not only see her in a role, but actually get to go ahead and stretch herself as an actress, you know, doing, you know, eight or nine different versions of, you know, herself as a character. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And unlike all of the other series that Mike Flanagan's done so far, you know, um, haunting of Hill house, haunting of blind Manor, um, midnight mass. This one is going to be, it's getting at least one more season. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I watched Guillermo del Toro's cabinet of curiosities and, it, for me, it was a mixed bag. You know, I, I've i seen enough Guillermo del Toro movies where I know that not everything he's going to do is going to be scary. And he, I mean, to be fair, he didn't do these. These were all other horror directors that he w- gave shots to. Uh, most of them are, were good. I mean, like we, we mentioned, one of them was the director of Cube. One of them was the director of, like, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, I don't remember what everything else. One of them was the director. Oh, really? One of them was the director of the Babadook. So I mean, every single one of these was done by somebody. You know, Paz, Panos Cosmatos or whatever his name Beyond is. Beyond the Black Andy. Rainbow, I believe that's what it's um, called. And Beyond the Black. Uh, so then, um, shit, I forgot. So every every one of the directors was someone um, who has done something else in horror. Usually, typically, um, like an indie movie. Um, 
so my biggest problem was that I was hoping to be scared. And, and like I said earlier, it's hard to scare yourself sometimes when you watch so many, um, movies within this genre that you kind of desensitize yourself. But there were definitely a couple that were like you watched, in my opinion, the least scary episode out of all of them. But I don't think you would argue that Andrew Lincoln or Essie Davis gave a poor performance. I think they gave really strong performances. It's just like really strong performances for like a drama in the middle of a fucking horror anthology. They were great. I thought, Quick question: How was uh, episode four, the outside, the one Dude. done? All right, the the best. Mo- Kevin, did no, you watch I this haven't. yet? But all right, so straight down, the best episode was the autopsy number three. Okay. That was. I, I was only intrigued by this because of the a girl walked home alone yeah. at night. It was so crazy. number number three was the best, uh, hands down. Number four was fucking weird, but it was fucking weird in a way that I liked versus number seven, which was weird, which was weird in just a way that made me feel uncomfortable, if you know what I mean. Like, and not uncomfortable, like, I don't want to, you know, like, like something like a Serbian story is trying to make you feel just uncomfortable. Like, I don't understand what the point of this is. This feels like it's meandering and rambling and they're not getting anywhere with it. Which is a shame. It has one of the better, like, yeah, it's got a well-known cast. cast. But um, episode three was was amazing. Uh, episode four was was really good, but it was weird. Uh, ep- episode five and episode six were good. Episode eight was just kind of non-horror, like almost even non-horror adjacent. <laughs> it was good. It just wasn't horror. And, li- and like episode two and one were were good, but they like. Two had some interesting ideas, but it wasn't like to me the scariest idea was the fact that like this guy's in a bunch of tunnels underneath the city, and like the whole idea of being buried alive, you know, fucking bothers me. Um, yeah, I mean it's definitely worth a watch, but just be aware that you're you're getting like a mixed bag, and again, like not everything is. I don't think probably anything is going to scare you. So, I mean, if you're going in expected to be scared, maybe pass by that one. I I don't ever yeah. expect to be scared by anything anymore, but I also don't expect everything in an anthology to be good. Yeah, I mean, no. and what it boils down to, and what I really liked about it, is hopefully it gets another season, because this was basically Guillermo del Toro getting a bunch of money from Netflix and throwing it to a bunch of indie horror directors and saying, hey, make something for me. Right. So, so yeah, I hope cool. we get a season two. You know, he does the same kind of thing again. Sure. Um, so, okay, so I watched that. I think the next thing I watched, you've seen, uh, which was The Black Phone. I yes. saw it in the theater. Uh, you were disappointed. Correct, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. What? You were dis- I was disappointed? Yes. Yes, I, I deeply, yes. Like, I don't, wouldn't say that I was deeply disappointed, but... I was I was hoping for more that I didn't get. Okay, did did it feel like they were spoon feeding everything? Like, all right, kid calls, kid listens. Now we're moving. On. Like, it just felt like the same damn thing every time. Uh, that's what got let's me. Let's put it like this: it's an hour and forty three minutes, and it felt like it could have been like an hour and twenty five minutes, and it wouldn't have been a problem. It might have been t- yeah. tighter. Like. 
as much as I like James Ransom, I think they could have like cut his entire character and it wouldn't have oh, hurt. Oh, yeah. You know, like my wife watched it with me and she was like, you know, I don't understand, you know, what was the whole point of the sister? Like she really, you know, her, her visions really didn't affect anything at all, but you know, there was such a large portion of the movie. Just, just to build sympathy or something. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I, it wasn't a bad movie. It was really well acted, but then you had like the cliche, like, Oh, there's a door and it's only slightly open. Who's going to be behind it? Oh, there's Ethan Hawke. There's a shock. Like, what is this? The like sixties, fifties? Like I don't know. I mean, and juxtapose that with like how realistic it felt, you know, at the beginning parts. You know, like those kids were like beating the shit out of each other. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the like, they're the one fucking Jeremy Davis goes to fucking town on his daughter with the belt. I'm like that made me feel uncomfortable to have to fucking watch. Super uncomfortable. Yeah. I I just think that it got a lot of hype. And it sounded good in my head, and then watching it, I didn't feel the same excitement as I had going into it. And you know what? It, I, it reminded me of, like, not in the way of the execution, but like in the way I felt disappointment. Like, I loved Sinister, and then I think having the kids talk to the the victims in Sinister Two brought that down. You know, they were scary, like. We needed Big time. we needed more into the background. I think of the grabber. You know that would have. It's like Ethan Hawke was great. He's compelling as a fucking good guy. He's compelling as a bad guy, and they didn't do anywhere near as much with him as they could have. You know, ch- yeah. Chop some of the fucking secondary ancillary fucking stories and characters. Give us more with him. You know, and I think it would have worked better. How, how was your experience in the theater with it, Kevin? It was so I I liked it, um, but it was like the beginning was good. And when I saw the preview for it the first time, like as soon as I saw the kid pick up the phone, I was like, eh. Like if it was just a child abductor movie, like I thought it would have been pretty like scary. And like with Ethan Hawke in that in that role, like he was great. He's the reason why I went, even though I thought it was going to be. Kind of, I don't know. I sometimes the supernatural stuff was kind of cheesy, and it being like a phone. I, uh, but I, I had a good time with it. I do think the ending was a little bit like too happy and too corny. But I wrote for my notes in my like watch app. Uh, it says Stephen King, The Next Generation. Yeah, I mean, I would I would straight up agree with you. Like, it's it's not that it was bad. It's just that between Scott Derrickson, Ethan Hawke, and Joe Hill, you know, I was expecting more. Yeah, I, I, I think it was. If if you don't have those people attached or just one of those three, maybe expectations aren't as high. And maybe you go and you say, eh, "I'm expecting an average movie." You get an average movie, and there's no complaints. But people were acting like it was some great movie online. Like the, it was getting really positive feedback, and yeah, I don't know. And yeah. okay, so and then lastly, the last thing I've seen since the last time we talked was Barbarian. 
<laughs> All right, Chris. I have to ask you the question. Okay. First night that they're there, she locks her bedroom door. She wakes up. The bedroom door is open. Who unlocked the door? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I've I've asked so many people that watch it, and like you can kind of think like, oh, maybe this, but like. I don't know. I feel like I have a retort to everything. I I can't. Soundly, I have nothing other than I believe that there's more than just her. I mean, they definitely leave it open for the potential. That or it's the homeless guy. I'm kind of hoping it was the homeless guy. Somehow he had keys to the freaking place. I I don't know. Did you like Barbarian, though? Yeah, I like my... Uh, you know what? I, there was another one I watched with my wife. We watched that and Black Phone back-to-back. And, um... Barbarian was much better, right? (laughs) You watched Barbarian Barbarian first first and then Barbarian second. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, that was a good. I mean, that was a good uh, order. I liked them both, but yeah, I like Barbarian a lot better. They did a really good job with building fucking tension, and then the the break in the middle with you know, interestingly enough, Richard Brake um, was a fucking really good transition (laughs) between the first and second half of the movie. I like uh I can never remember his name, but Pennywise. Like Bill Skarsgård? he played his yeah, yeah, he played his role great and so Justin Long was fantastic and the girl who played Tess, I don't know her real name, she was really good. Yeah, Georgina Campbell. Yeah, she was yeah, really good. I I, I really I, and I, I think possibly my favorite thing of all was as soon as the movie ends, they play Be My Baby and I was like, That's a perfect baby, song. Baby. <laughs> I find it interesting um, that they had a dude to play the uh, the mother. They did, yeah. Uh, so they huh? they had a guy in makeup and prosthetics playing the 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 chick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, good on them. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I can't. I mean, I'm fully assuming that we're gonna barbarian two. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this one is new enough out that I don't want to spoil anything. But if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth it, and definitely worth it going into not knowing very much about the movie, if anything at all. Oh God, I th- I don't know if I would have enjoyed it nearly as much if like I avoided everything about it, other than hey, it's a good movie, great, sold. Yeah, me too. I, I had it spoiled. I went to the I theater week two. Oh really? Yep. Yep. I watched um, I watched a bunch of reviewers on YouTube, and I found a new one that I was watching, and they hit it, and they're like, "Oh, oh, they dumped fucking spoilers right at the start of their review without saying anything." Okay, well, I got that now. Ah, uh, oh. that that's a bummer. But <laughs> I, I do got to say, I like that channel. It's called uh, Fish Jelly Film Reviewers, and it's like two gay guy, like really gay guys, fucking reviewing movies together. It's pretty funny. It reminds me of like. Shit, I don't know. Like if if Dom and somebody got together and they were reviewing movies and like their snarkiest <laughs> possible, that would work on every level. Yeah. <laughs> Barbarian is on like my top pro, top five of the year so far. I haven't really seen too many new ones, but yeah, for sure, Barbarian was definitely one of the best I, ones I've seen this year. I liked it better than X. You guys seen? I X? still haven't seen X or Pearl yet. 
X, X is I haven't seen Pearl yet, but X is really good, and I liked Barbarian just like a little bit, just a little bit more. Oh, I I definitely liked Barbarian more, but there's a lot to like about X in oh yeah just the the the. Oh, yeah. Without saying anything else, like just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe at times. Oh, I thought you were going to say with with, with boobs, but um, there was boobs, but like there, you know what? All right, Not so as many boobs online, as you would expect for like, like a porn, you know, porn it, movie. It was so overhyped that there was going to be like all this sex, and there wasn't a ton of sex. Like I expected way more based on how people were like saying it was filth or you know too pornographic. I don't know. I didn't think it was that what? pornographic. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. I would have went to the theater if I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... That kind of theater. I don't, I don't need to go to the theater for that anymore. Now that we have the internet. But. <laughs> um, I see something like super erotic and uncomfortable. And <laughs> yeah, with, I have provided with, that. With other people around you to just make the context <laughs> even better. Pee Wee Urban. <laughs> I mean, I remember just seeing, like, eyes wide shut in the theater and still feeling, like, really awkward just with that. <laughs> or, you know, sleepwalkers with your mom. <laughs> yep. That one will not be let down anytime soon. So, yeah, just, yeah, I'm proud of it. Just like... I should ask my mom, like... Does she remember? You remember that? <laughs> um, you know who we should ask? You... If they remember is, uh, is Russ's mom. <laughs> Do you remember oh, sleepwalkers? <laughs> Did Russ take you to the theaters? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to talk to his mom again. Uh, all right. Look, all right. <laughs> um, Terrifier 2, did anybody watch it? I still haven't seen it yet, no. Not yet. No. Okay. I, I As a fan from the very beginning of All Hallows Eve, I, I'm definitely inclined to love the movie, but it is really violence for the sake of violence with a lot of comedy if you can find that sick type of humor uh, appropriate. Uh, which I surely did. Uh, it's actually like 2 hours and 20 minutes though, which I didn't know that you could make a movie like that that long, but damn they it, did and it was enjoyable. I mean, I've heard a couple of reviews about it and somebody, one of the reviewers said, you know, like with this movie, Art the Clown basically becomes, you know, one of horror's icons. He yes, this cemented him. Like Terrifier one was really good, but like it also had some really big flaws. This one was just like, all right, let's fix the flaws, and it, it was a lot of fun. So, um, once again, I say a lot of fun in the sickest way possible, people, but a lot of fun. Uh, to the point where I looked up art on Cameo and I'm trying to get somebody to buy me a Cameo video for my birthday. That's that's my goal. I, I just want a Cameo video from Art the Clown. Um, I finished uh, Stranger Things Season 4, which I don't think I had finished prior to the last No, you, you hadn't finished it yet. I. That's a whole conversation. You know, at some point, I would like to do a Stranger Things podcast at some point. Either do you want to hit it up when, well, we can't do it week by week when the new season comes out since they drop it all at once, but... No, like, once they drop everything, just like, like we a, could just do a retrospect. Yeah, ten four. I, yeah. I love Stranger Things, so that'd be awesome. I mean, did I, you see my Halloween costume this year? I didn't... You told me about it, but I didn't see any pictures. Did you post it? Uh, I think my wife posted them on Facebook, so I'll make sure I tag you 
uh, eventually. Okay. But um, yeah, I was Steve from season three with the Scoops Ahoy ice cream uniform. <laughs> My wig. I'm just going to randomly it, friend your your wife. When the wig days, came <laughs> out of the uh, the bag, it did not look like it did. You know, the first time I tried it on, though, it was fucking wild and all over the place to the point where, like, one of my friends was like, "Oh, you were Robin." <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "No, I was Steve." That's why I, you know the sign the name tag said Steve, and I didn't shave my legs for the fucking part. But thanks a lot, asshole. <laughs> Wigs look so like you really have to do some good work with wigs. Uh, I mean, the one the one I got when I dressed up as Jareth a couple of years ago from Labyrinth that worked out perfect, and okay. the one that my wife and I used when we went as Kiss a couple of years before that was great too. But like, yeah, this one was way more subdued when the first time I tried it on, and then like it all just fucking puffed out. Like, well, then again, I was outside in in the Florida humidity too. So yeah. it went from looking like something styled to like something that was just fucking everywhere. I was like, well, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I just see that Nope is now finally on Peacock, so I can't wait to watch that and be disappointed. Just throwing that out there. Uh, I, I fully expect, I don't I'd know. I'd give you a 50-50, probably. I, I like yeah. Steven Yoon. That's really the main reason I'm going to give it a shot because there's always something compelling in Jordan Peele's work, but there's always something where I'm just like, it doesn't deserve the hype. Are you almost Either. like there's always something where you're like, nope? Moving along. <laughs> well, thanks, Kent. Um, <sighs> Did you scream? Have you seen I watched nope? Scream. Chris? No, I haven't seen it yet either. Um, oh, okay. Again, I don't have fucking Peacock. Did oh, you, I, Kevin? Oh, yeah. I went, yeah, I went and saw it in the theater. Um, like, compared to his other, Jordan's other stuff, how would you rank them? They're all different. Are you are you uh, including Candyman, even though he didn't direct it, but since he wrote it? I'm not. No, I'm including just the three. No, uh, I would only three, include but... movies he directed. Um, uh, so... Get Out and Us. Get out us. Nope. Like, what would be the yeah. best one? I th- maybe nope. Honestly. Wow. Like okay. And it really, it's it's one of those movies that you like. Kind of feel like you have to watch it again, like because it it is. It's like I hate, to say it, but it's it's. There's a lot into it, and like honestly, my girlfriend picked up on a lot more stuff than I did, but some of it, if you don't quite get it at first, it, it's confusing and it like really takes you out of it. And instead of like pulling you in. So I can see that like, you know, if, if you are confused, just look up a positive review of it or, you know, and cause there is a lot, there's a lot, lot going on. And uh, Steve Ewing is, is great and not in it enough, but, uh, all the performances are great, like, kind of like all of Jordan Peele's movies. But yeah, I don't want to give anything away. But it's it's like a, it's more Spielberg than than uh, than John Carpenter. Where else you might? Fair enough. Um, all right. Did anybody see the newest Scream? Yeah, I, I watched it. Um, uh, back when it first came out on Paramount Plus. So, 
You know, I like the Scream movies. I, I love the, you know, they've maintained, uh, I mean, aside from Scream 3, every, it's really a very consistent franchise. But now, like, who are they bringing back for the, the next one? Just Courtney Cox? Yeah, yeah, because they didn't, offer, you know, the whole salary dispute with Neff Campbell. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't, I mean, she's not, Whatever she was asking, it was probably worth it, even though, like, I mean, she wasn't a huge role in this newest one. It's just kind of the continuity the fans wanted. Like, it, whatever, it couldn't have been that huge of a salary dispute, I, I fully believe. But, oh, I mean, what? I think she said they were offering her six figures, you know, which is, I guess, I mean, it depends on how, how much she's going to be in it. You know, if she was going to be in it even less than she was in whatever, do we want to call it Scream 5? Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> and less than she was in Scream 5, then, I mean, I can understand that argument. You know, if, I think if she I, earned I a million pay. bucks to be in a Scream movie, though. Well, I could I could see a Depending million. Depending on the, but, you the know, budget. If, if, she's, if she's asking for, like, 15 million for, like, a glorified yeah. cameo, I mean, let's face it, right. Neff Campbell isn't Harrison Ford. You know, she it's not like, she's she's... She's a solid hallmark of the Scream franchise, but it's not like she's been doing you know nonstop work, you know, <laughs> fucking making the big bucks. Yeah, I'd give her one or two million to do the cameo just for the namesake recognition, and she's part of the franchise. That I, I guess that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, but yeah, she ain't worth anything more unless she's going to be a featured player, so to speak. I mean, at the same time, though, like. Let's move on beyond the Sydney Prescott. I mean, you don't need to have Ghostface coming. It's like you're turning a group of fucking people into like a Jason, uh, or excuse me, not Jason, uh, Michael Myers wannabe. Um, you know, stalking the same person over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I liked how they tied things in this this particular one with the, the what was it Billy? Yeah, with Billy's daughter. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I, there was a lot to like. I I went into it thinking. I looked at the cast. I was like, shit. I loved the cast for Scream Four because it was stacked. Uh, and then this one, I looked at. I was like, I don't know who the hell most of these people are, but sometimes that works, like in in favor, right? Yeah, I mean so. Think of Scream 1, you know. Sure. Lots of names that we know now, but, I mean, like Skeet Ulrich, Neff Campbell, Matthew Lillard, most of them had only done, like, one big role beforehand. You know, like, Nev, the only thing I I remember her from was, you know, being, like, what, the fourth major stringer in The Craft before that? (laughs) Yeah. Party of Five. So. Yeah, I never watched Party of Five, so. No, but I knew that she was in it. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. care for it. But yeah, I mean, so I knew she had she had been in it, but I'd never seen it, so it was no frame of reference. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I I know I've watched quite a few. Th- I watched just you, as much. You told me you watched um, Orphan First Kill, right? I tried. Oh, okay. Did it did it not work? My password or did it all just- right. 
no, 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 no. That worked. Um, what didn't work for me, and I'm going to give it another shot because people are telling me to just power through it. Um, they did a visual trick where they made it blurry because this is supposed to be a prequel, and obviously the girl has aged, so they're trying to hide her aging. Um, so you have this blurry visual the whole time. And that's okay. It's not going to make or break it. But the stupidity of the first 10 minutes, I just sat there. And as you said earlier, sometimes you're starting to pick things apart and you know you're not having fun. That's where I was. So I just said, I'll turn it off now. I'll come back to it later. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, really, that that and Nope are the two things I kind of want to see David Harbour's Violent Santa or whatever the hell yeah, Violent Night. Night. Yeah, that looks pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know if any other big horror coming out. Uh, so, I don't know, I feel it's, honestly, 2022, for as shitty of a year as it was, was really good for horror uh, movies. I, I, I mean, I haven't seen enough to, to comment one way or another, but I've liked what I've seen. I mean, even the stuff that I saw that was not as good, like the black phone, was still better than a lot of shit that I have in my fucking movie library. It was even better than Sleepwalkers. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about, like, I have stuff like One Missed Call, and you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> uh, Do you own The Box? <laughs> the Box? Yeah. Is that is that a movie or is that like? Yeah, no, that's a movie. I do not own the box. Kevin, you've what seen is it? the box, right? The box with Cameron Diaz oh, and yes. James Marsden. Oh, the Richard Kelly movie. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just wanted to throw that out there because that's James Marsden, and I hate James Marsden. So that that was more just a joke, and I. I thought Chris would have had the box for some reason. Uh, I don't. Well, you know, I don't. I buy very few movies now because my uh, physical library is so large that in order for me to translate everything into Blu-ray would probably take I don't know several thousand dollars more than I would want to spend. Sure. Yep. Been there, done that. Hated myself, and now gone digital. Yeah. But then the opposite side of that is you know you lose the internet and you lose access to fucking watching your movies. And, and it, that's it, why you rip as much as you and can. And you don't think it's a big deal until you live in Florida and you have a hurricane and you lose power for like seven days. But um, anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, Dude, Buffalo had snow taller than me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus. The, it, 77 inches was what I, I've most recently heard. was. Is that going to be like another 1993 when we had the, the snowbanks were like 12 feet tall? I see it's not so bad here. It was snowing earlier, and I look out. There's like you visibly there's snow on vehicles, but it's not anything like you know you just brush it off type thing. So it's not bad here. But, oh, if it makes you if it makes you feel better, it is. Um, it's a rather chilly seventy two degrees down here right now. <laughs> My balls are dripping sweat here now. Okay. Uh, that sounds awful. <laughs> All right, so I, I wake oh. up in the middle of the night at seventy two, sweating. So no, I forgot to ask you: are we, are we staying with what we talked about last time for next month? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. We're doing, we're doing 
five classically animated and five com- CGI, computer- yeah, computer generated CGI. animated. Yeah, so yeah. we decided that December is going to be our non-horror month because last year's Christmas special was pretty fun. Yeah, we got to talk about how Home Alone led into Saw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without Home Alone and Cube, we never get Saw. <laughs> Those two movies uh, combined give you jigsaw. That is true. <laughs> I've heard the theory. So, Kevin, will you be joining us for 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 this? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Classic? So it's because because originally we were we were talking about doing like. Uh, I think we were just talking about doing like, mo- but then I was like, well, you know, we got to talk about the classic ones too, because if you, if you do just CGI, then yeah, you can talk about stuff like Toy Story and whatnot, but then you can't talk about something like The Secret of Nim, you know, so, so yeah, five like traditional animated movies and then five uh, CGI. Now, do they have to be family friendly? Oh, I, not, I feel not like- at all, but I think we should probably leave anime off the list. Oh. It's almost, like, it's almost I, like a completely I, I, separate one. Yeah, I'm not. I well, we all know I don't like anime, but I wasn't sure of like something like the movie Nine. For oh example. yeah, Nine, or like if you wanted to throw it in Heavy Metal, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. You know, versus. Okay, so I can't include Wicked City. Got it. That is anime. <laughs> so, so yeah, no Wicked City. <laughs> or Legend of the Overfiend. No ghost in the shell. Yeah, see that that makes it because you start adding anime and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, Kira, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, I haven't you know. seen Street Fighter Two the movie. Yeah, come on, man, that's like the biggest <laughs> video game. <laughs> that was honestly the first anime I ever saw, and it's so much better than the actual live action. It's not even funny. It's sad, but <laughs> it really quick, is. change the channel. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for it. Man. All right, awesome, Kevin. It was a blast having you on, man. Thanks Thank you for, for having us. And everybody in the internet, uh, have a good night, and we will see you back sometime pretty soon before Christmas. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, and I will talk to you later. Bye. See ya.